Here's my prayer prayer all the time. Say, Lord, Lord, help me to see things I haven't seen. And Lord, help me to hear things I've never heard before. And Lord, help me to experience you in ways I've never experienced you before. Hallelujah. I just get the picture again of, of God the Father. Like he's just calling his children to him today. I just feel like God is calling, calling you to him. And you may feel like you've been on a journey and maybe you've been some places and wandered around a little bit or whatever. The love of the Father has not changed towards you. He's still got a huge smile on his face. He still is longing to have a connection with you and a relationship with you. And, uh, and that's on every level. Sometimes we think, you know, oh, it's just about sin and walking away from God. No, it's, it's not always that. Sometimes we just lose focus and we get a little off track, amen? And so if that's your prayer, just lift your hand and say, Lord, I, I want to see you like I've never seen you before. I want to hear you like I've never heard you before. God, I want to experience you in ways I'd never had before. Hallelujah. And so your word says, God, that when we cry out to you, you answer. <laughs> I was walking by my refrigerator today, or this week, and I was walking by the fridge, and for whatever reason, it has the temperature on there, and then it had another setting I'd never seen before, but the temperature was 33, and the other setting was 3. So, you know, some of you have been around here the last couple months, you know, he, he keeps showing me 333, like on my clocks, on my stuff. I walked by my fridge and it said 333. And I'm like, okay, God, I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, and the verse that always comes to me is Jeremiah 33, 3. And it says this, call to me and I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Anybody want to raise their hand and just say, hey, there's great and unsearchable things that I want to know, amen? And here's the thing I keep seeing over and over. I read an email the other day from a, from a guy, um, and he was talking about George Mueller or Mueller, not the current Mueller situation, political, but way back in the 1800s, George Mueller. Anybody know who I'm talking about? He had this ministry to orphans and literally ministered to, in his day, in the 1800s, 10 thousand orphans he took care of over his lifetime. Built school after school and house after house. And he was known as a man of prayer. And you know what it says about him? That in all of that fundraising, actually the money that needed to come in was in our time upwards of $10 billion. So our comparison. And do you know that he never asked anyone for money? He never said, hey, buddy, can you, you know, whatever. He didn't do a, a building campaign or any of that stuff. You know what he did? He just prayed. And he got to this place in his praying where he realized, hey, God is my father, and fathers take care of their kids, and Jesus is my friend. Not, you know, because how many of you have ever prayed and it seems a little dry and boring? Anybody ever have that experience? I'm sure none of us here. <laughs> There's a sense that God wants us to come into a place with him where it's not just a words or wrote or doing my devotions, you know. But there's actually this place of intimacy where we say, God, I want to I know things from you. I want to experience you, right? I think that's why he puts so many promises in his word. And, and if you really want them, go through Psalms. But I would encourage you to do it in the Passion Translation in particular, 
There's so many times that David says, I cried out to the Lord. And you know what it says next? And he answered me. I cried out to the Lord and he answered me. Anybody here want some answers? Amen. So I just feel like God wants us to do that. Like, like let's shift our gears in our minds and in our hearts from praying and not expecting to actually praying and go, God, you said, call to me and I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And how many would you say, let's take God at his word, amen? Let's take God at his word. Like, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to get to preaching here and then we'll leave room for Kath. But um, ushers, why don't you come at this time? And again, I'm not going to ask you for your money. <laughs> I'm going to George Mueller this thing and I'm just going to pray. And I'm going to say, God, do your thing. Um, but we just got a text from there in the back. There's one off here uh, to the side as well. But go and join in a group. No one's going to bite you. All right. Everybody's nice. And then just share your name and why you are here today. All right. And for those of you who don't know me, my actual career had been to be a high school Spanish teacher uh, for 43 years, so that was quite a journey, and I kind of thought my teaching days were done, and then Pastor Steve decided <laughs> to have a almost heart attack, uh, so anyways, this became kind of natural for me to kind of step up, uh, particularly with this series, and kind of fill in for him, and today is the last of the seven Sundays. So the one topic I'm going to have you talk about is something that you probably are not thinking about right now. Roller coasters. Roller coasters. And some of you have had personal experiences in riding roller coasters. All of us have had the experience of knowing about a roller coaster. If you watch TV and you look and go like, oh, I'd love to do that, or no way. <laughs> so I just want you to just share any personal experience that you have had in riding a roller coaster. And if you've seen one on TV an ad in a magazine or a newspaper and say, wow, I would love to go through and do that, or huh, no way would I go through and do that. So I'll give you about five minutes or so. Go through and make sure that you've introduced yourself to the other people uh, at your table. So five minutes to talk about roller coasters.
Okay, about two minutes to finish up. Okay, one minute to finish up. Okay. <laughs> now, <clears throat> when it comes to roller coasters, that is not anything I have a passion for. <laughs> and when I had my first child, I said, All right, Lord. I will make a promise that when they get to be roller coaster age, I will go with them because they won't be big enough to go by themselves. I will bite the bullet and I will go on a roller coaster with them so that they get that experience. And the very first time I went on a roller coaster, my kids, of course, say it was a baby roller coaster at Great America because... It didn't do the circles and throw you, feel like you were flying into space or anything. But for me, it was a white-knuckle experience. And in a way, it kind of reminded me that that's the way life is sometimes. You know, you, you feel like you're going along just fine, and then all of a sudden there's a dip that you didn't see coming. And it's a whole lot longer journey down before you start coming up. And sometimes you go around and there's a curve you didn't see coming either. And you just hang on for dear life. And sometimes that's the way life and its journey is for us at different times. So we're all at different places. Some of us now are... We're on our ride, and we're just going straight, and everything is great. We can enjoy the scenery. Others of us, we've taken an unexpected dip, and we feel like, oh, my goodness, we're never going to come out of it. Others of us, you know, we're going uphill, and some of us are about to go around a corner we don't see coming today. And so life is that journey. But whether you've gone through and 
had information about a roller coaster or not, if you've ridden a roller coaster, I doubt that you looked at the blueprint plans for that or that you talked to one of the mechanics before you got on there. You just trusted it was going to be what it said it was going to be. So again, we don't need to have information in order to experience things in life. Having been a Spanish teacher, there are two ways of knowing things in two different words. One of them is the word saber, which means to know things because you've learned them up here. You know, I could read all about roller coasters, but until I get on one, I have no idea what it's like. <laughs> Same thing, you could read about swimming competitions all you want, but if you've never gotten in a pool, it's a different experience. The other verb is conocer, which means to know things because of personal experience. Like the roller coaster, you know because you've been on one or you've been in a pool, you have that experience. And so in life, there are things that we know because we've learned them up here, and there's other things that we know because of life's experiences. And religion gets to be like that sometimes too. Sometimes religion is a whole lot up here. We can know a ton of stuff but not have the relationship with the Father here at all. In many countries of the world, people don't even have a Bible. They've never heard uh, tele-evangelists speak, but they've got that relationship with the Lord right here in personal experience, even though up here, they don't even know that there's four Gospels out there, let alone have a copy of the Bible in front of them. And, you know, sometimes people feel as though they want to have a relationship with God, and they feel like if they do things, that that's going to fulfill the bill. So what I'd like you to share in your group are some things that you think, some types of religious deeds that people do to try to gain God's favor and God's blessing. What are some things that people do or try to do in order to gain God's blessing or to earn God's favor? I'll go through and give you a couple of minutes to share that in your group.
about two minutes to finish up. Okay, one minute. All right, time to wrap up. Okay. <laughs> you know, sometimes people treat God like they're at a car dealership. And they're trying to, you know, do a good deal that God can't possibly turn down. You know, I, I had uh, experience, I, I grew up as, as a Catholic. How many of you come from a kind of Catholic background? All right. Many of us, okay. And if you did, then you know that coming up is Ash Wednesday and the start of Lent. And the start of Lent often was all about all the stuff that you could give up that would somehow trigger God's blessings or something. Like he'd be really happy with you if you, as a kid, gave up chewing gum. <laughs> you know, uh, give up eating meat on Friday and so forth. There were lots of these rules. But at the end point, most of the time you ended up cheating along the way anyways, saying, oh well, it's okay, God. <laughs> and if you made it all the way through Lent, giving up whatever, at the end, do you think God was really impressed? Nope, not at all, but sometimes it made us feel good. And so remember that relationship with the Father is what it's all about. It isn't about the stuff that we do or don't do. That 
remember that relationship with him is free. I love free things. I mean, I love going through a drive-up window and they say, blah, 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 free. I'm good. I love that. You know, buy one, get one free. I'm about that. And remember that our relationship with the Father is free on our part. It doesn't cost us anything. But somebody has to pay for whatever it is that you get free along the way. It costs somebody, a company or whatever, money to produce whatever. And so remember that the Father's love is free on our part. There's nothing that we can do to earn that. Jesus is the one that paid the price so that we could have that relationship. And so it's not about us doing because it's already been done for us. And for uh, the, the scriptures in Titus, it says that he saved us, not because of the righteous things that we've done, but because of his mercy. Because remember, justice is about getting what you deserve. Mercy is about getting what you don't. <laughs> you know, you have a, a penalty, mercy, you don't have to pay that price. You don't have to pay that penalty. Jesus has already done that. But it's all about God's grace. God's grace is totally free. The only thing we have to do is to accept it. Now, one time I, I heard a famous pastor, Pastor Abbott Sr., share a story about a kid that fell in love with a car. He was in his senior year, and the only thing this kid talked about was this car. Dad, I love this car. Someday I'm going to buy this car, this car, this car, this car. And he thought on graduation day that he was going to wake up, and his dad would have bought the car, put it in the driveway for him or in the garage. So he walked out, and he... Ah, no car. So he's saying, well, I bet you after the graduation ceremony, I'm going to all of a sudden walk out and there is going to be this car. Guess what? No car. They were having a party for him later on in the evening. He figured this is going to be the moment. I'm going to get this car. And guess what? No car. And at the party, his dad just handed him a card. And the kid was so mad at his dad that he left home and never spoke to his dad again. Later in life, his father passed away. And he was going through stuff you know, that he had accumulated from his dad because his dad would always send him cards and gifts that he never opened. And he finally decided to 
start opening the cards from over the years and came across a graduation one. And inside the, car, inside the card were the keys to the card. Now, the kid could have enjoyed this car his, for many years. His dad had given it to him free. But if he never opened the card, he didn't know what he really had been given. And salvation is like that. The Father gives us free of charge relationship with him. But if we don't open it to walk in it, it doesn't do us any good whatsoever. It's like the door. If you haven't been in this building very much, you don't know what's on the other side of that door. The only way you're going to know is to open the door and walk through. And so many people are angry in life at God because they say, oh, God doesn't do this or doesn't give me blah, blah, blah. And the Father says, hey, I've given you the door. It's unlocked. Jesus unlocked the door for you. All you have to do is open that door into the relationship with me. Remember that in Revelation, at the very end of the Bible, the message is still the same. And it says in Revelation 3.20, Here I am. I stand at the door. Knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens that door, I'm going to come in and I'm going to be in fellowship with you. And so that is the way, the truth and the life that the Father designed us to go through and to enjoy. God loves, God gives. What's our part? We believe and we receive. Really simple. God loves, God gives. We believe and we receive. Because remember, God loved us so much that he gave his son to save us. I'm a parent. I have a son. Would I willingly give up my son's life to save one of you? No, not happening. Not happening. Well, yeah, Mike said during teenage years, <laughs> the answer might be yes. <laughs> All right, but now that my son's an adult, <laughs> that's not uh, the case. And remember that Jesus' purpose in coming here was so that everyone, everyone who trusted what he said, could have relationship with the Father. The relationship that we were born to really know. Because every single human being on the earth wants relationship with other people. It's just the way we were made. Where did that come from? It came from the Father. He gave us 
within us, that drive to have relationship with one another, but to know him as well. And very often in life, we're open to having relationships with other people, but for whatever reason, we never open the door to have relationship with him. So if we think of heaven, you know, no matter if people are believers in God or not, if you ask them, okay, how would you describe heaven? Most people would say it's a place that's 100% perfect. Whether they believe in God or not, they generally would agree with you in that statement. And guess what? I'm not perfect. <laughs> None of us are. Some of us may be better than others. <laughs> but think of it. If you were in school, and in order to get credit for a class, you had to do absolutely everything perfect in that class. Everything. Not one missing comma. I'm not so good in commas. Not one missing period. Not one misspelled word. Spell check's my best friend. Not one change that would be needed in terms of wording. If it had to be 100% perfect for you to get credit in that class, how many people would ever get credit? Nobody. It wouldn't make any difference. If you got 98% of your work perfect and only had 2% margin of error, or if you only did 2% right with 98%, error wouldn't make any difference. Jesus is what makes up that difference for us. So that when we go through and when we come before the Father, he's going to look at us as he looks at his son and says, welcome home. You are able to live in perfect relationship for all eternity. The other side of the coin, there's only two choices, is not living ever again in love ever. Can you imagine what that would be like for all eternity? Knowing that you could never love anyone or be loved but knowing that you blew it because Jesus made it possible for you and you just didn't get around to it or life happened at some point and you got mad at God and decided not to have relationship with him. You know, in physical birth, none of us get to choose our parents. We don't get to choose where we're born. We don't go through and get uh, to choose the place that we're born. But when you're born in relationship, when you choose to have that relationship with the Father, that is by choice. Complete choice on our part. And it's never going to go through and be taken away from us. It's a choice where we get 
to choose that spiritual birth. Jesus talked about being born from above. You know, that we get to choose to open up that closed door of relationships. So I'm going to ask you for a moment to go through and just close your eyes, and I want you to imagine a wind or a breeze just softly blowing over you, not a Chicago wind, just a nice summer or spring breeze that's blowing softly over you. And I want you to think about that wind because you don't have to know where it came from or where it's going to go, but you can feel that effect in your mind's eye now, even though your eyes are closed, you can see leaves being blown or paper being blown without knowing where the wind comes from. And the Holy Spirit is the same. You can feel it touch you in spirit, in your spirit, without understanding where it comes from. You just know that you feel it. But again, if you choose to stay wrapped up in yourself, you're never going to step out into that spirit of truth. Because remember that right now, heaven is God's dwelling place, and he invites us to be part of the family, and he wants to welcome us home. And so what has your answer been? If you have never invited Jesus into your life, if you have never ever opened that door to relationship, then this is the time that the Lord has given you to respond. And the answer is either yes or no. And remember, a no answer is a no answer. And so I want you to just think about yourself, but other people as well. People that you know that don't have that relationship yet. And right now, I would like you, if it's you or someone you know, a family member or a friend, to just raise your hand saying yes that this person, myself, or someone I know and love, needs relationship with you, Father. Would you just go through right now and raise your hands, keep your eyes closed. Father, we are just going through and believing in your word. We are just going through and speaking over those that we love, friends, family members that we know, neighbors on our block that don't have a relationship with you. Maybe they've heard you knocking on the door, but they haven't opened up the door to, their, to your heart yet. Maybe they felt the wind of your spirit, but they haven't gone through and responded yet. We just go through, and we are just declaring open doors. We are declaring their awakening 
in their spirit. And we just thank you that you are a God of love, that there is nothing that can stand between your love and us, except us. And so we thank you right now in Jesus' name for being that God of love and for having a plan from the beginning of time to have a stand-in for us, for having Jesus paid that price so we can get what we don't deserve, which is eternity with you in your presence. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And the people said, Amen. If you have never received the Lord, or this is the first time that you've ever responded, come on up. Love to go through and to pray over you. Sometimes there are burdens that just kind of stack up experiences in life, losses, and so forth, that have blocked you from that relationship with the Lord. If you want prayer, you want somebody to come alongside you, you know, we're here for you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, go and be blessed.